Bruce Friedman of Adult Site Broker, and welcome to Adult Site Broker Talk, where each week we interview one of the movers and shakers of the adult industry, and we give you a tip on buying and selling websites. This week we'll be speaking with Chris Jeffrey of Saucy Time. Adult Site Broker is proud to announce the launch of our new website, Adult Site Broker 3.0, at adultsitebroker.com. The look and feel of the new site is nice and up-to-date and easier to navigate. The new site also has links to our affiliate program, ASB Cash, and our new blog. Speaking of ASB Cash, we've doubled our affiliate payouts. Now when you refer sellers or buyers to us at Adult Site Broker, you're going to receive 20% of our broker commission on any and all sales that result from that referral for life. You can either place a link to us on your site or refer buyers and sellers through an email introduction. ASB Cash is the first affiliate program for an adult website brokerage. Check out asbcash.com for more details and to sign up. Now let's feature our property of the week that's for sale at Adult Site Broker. We're proud to offer an amazing opportunity. If you're in the live cam, model management, or fan site space, or want to get into them, we have a private listing that may be just right for you. This company works with all major cam sites and has access to hundreds of U.S.-based models. We're offering very limited information at the seller's request in order to maintain privacy. We anticipate multiple offers for this very rare listing. For more information, contact us at adultsitebroker.com. Now time for this week's interview. My guest today on Adult Site Broker Talk is Chris Jeffrey of Saucy Time. Chris, thanks for being with us today on Adult Site Broker Talk. It's a pleasure, Bruce. Thanks for the invitation. It's nice to have you. Now, Chris is a 46-year-old entrepreneur, father of seven-year-old daughter, Ella. He lives with his wife and business partner in Southeast Asia, Chris launched and operates the only 100% mobile adult web app, Saucy Time, with his wife and business partner. Following successful careers in the city, they realized life was too short and embarked upon a new chapter in their lives, deciding that London was not the best place to raise a child. So they moved out to Southeast Asia. In addition to a decade running a hedge fund, Chris has been involved in other projects, including the development of Android TV set-top boxes, the development of a 180-degree virtual reality streaming webcam platform, among other ventures. Chris is also executive director of the VR Guys, a virtual reality software development company. Saucy Time is the first and only webcam platform specifically designed for mobile use. Launched in 2012, it has over 180,000 members and features around 100 models. Originally only available for Apple devices, their platform now also supports Android. Saucy Time is one of the most competitive platforms on the market. Recruitment is via invitation and referral only. So Chris, why don't you tell us a bit about your background in the adult industry? It was pretty limited. Uh, you you, you... Mm-hmm. During your introduction, you mentioned that um, I uh, ran a hedge fund. Um, yeah. I, I actually recruited for hedge funds. Just to just to be clear, so oh. my my role, yeah, my role was uh, was was as a recruitment consultant, finding guys to work 
uh, for hedge funds. I think if I had my own hedge fund, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation. This is true. Uh, <laughs> my experience was was pretty much limited to lurking the streets of uh, Soho, uh, mm-hmm. three in London, um, right. at sort of three a.m. You know, perusing the uh, the shelves of the adult video stores uh, hmm. that, that existed back then um <laughs> don't know if you've ever been to london or at oh, that yes. time yeah um but you remember the video stores mm-hmm. I mean, leg- legally they weren't allowed to call themselves adult video stores hmm. um it was a video store mm-hmm. and then you had this sort of aladdin's cave at the back with you know, colourful sort of, uh, you know, paper drapes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you'd sneak in through there and, and that's where you'd find all of the latest VHS, mm-hmm. uh, all of the latest VHS videos. So, um, yeah, you know, and funnily enough, I remember going into uh, these stores on, on unsuccessful nights back in the back in the 90s and uh sliding sort of 20 quid over after a little bit of time making a decision about what my viewing pleasure was going to be for uh <laughs> for, for that evening in solitude in solitude and uh, wondering you know how'd this guy end up getting this job you know he's peddling uh you know peddling uh peddling porn and um you know, we are 30 years later. I'm the sort of modern version of that guy. <laughs> um, so uh, I worked in the city, as I, as I mentioned. You know, I had no uh, no real interest, to be perfectly honest. Beyond mm-hmm. that, you know, mm-hmm. beyond, like anybody else, I, I didn't have an unhealthy interest in um, in, in pornography. Uh, hmm. That wasn't that, that wasn't what drove me into the industry. It was completely uh, it was completely by accident. Hmm. completely by accident yeah so how did saucy time get started i saw an opportunity i suppose um i think you know the webcam industry had already been in existence for a decade or so streaming Mm -hmm. you know streaming video uh websites and and so on and it seemed like a fairly sort of closed shop and i'm sure a lot of these companies hugely successful much more successful i'm sure um you know than uh, the, the than we are you know there are big ones yeah millions, yeah millions of uh, millions of members it sort of occurred to me that the direction the entertainment itself was heading was into mobile the iphone i remember seeing the iphone for the first time and hearing mm-hmm. about this thing called facetime didn't mm-hmm. you know wasn't sure if it would take off or not um, until my wife, now wife, showed me a call that she was having with her brother. You know, as the pickup <laughs> started, you know, people started to to buy iPhones, and I was just yep. blown away by this like mobile to mobile connection. Yeah, you didn't need your phone number; you could do it via an email address. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the quality was amazing. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, it, it sort of it, it stuck in my head, and, and like any business ideas or at least yeah those that are made on the back of a beer map you know i was having a pint with a a friend of mine and as (laughs) i mentioned i I ran a technology recruitment consultancy for hedge Mm -hmm. funds so you know i had access to 
the best and brightest technologists, hmm. you know. And a lot of these guys that I'd found jobs for, I became friends with, you know, and I'd regularly sure. meet them out for uh, for drinks. But my friend told me the iPad 2 was coming out and that it was due to have FaceTime. And I thought, Apple is serious about this, right? Mm-hmm. That it's not a feature that's going to go away. That they're, they're, you know, sure. they're putting their weight behind it. So is there a way that we could take this concept of mobile to mobile and apply it in webcam setting you know Mm -hmm. is is that going to be possible so i got on the phone to another friend of mine um who was you know he's a ex-microsoft genius he was in his 20s at the time and he was (laughs) a director and uh I said to him, look, I've had this idea. I've already run it past uh, this one friend of mine. But as you know, obviously, different people have different roles and different skill sets in technology. So Mm -hmm. Will was the guy who I thought, okay, he's going to be able to answer these questions. So I said, look, if I take you and a few of your guys out for, uh, for beers, could you give me an hour of your time? You know, could we, uh, I've had an idea for a business mm-hmm. and I just want to run it past you. It's what amazing you what beers will buy. It's incredible, <laughs> isn't it? It's incredible. We all got together in this. It was funny. I, you know, I went over to their head office, this blue chip, uh, I won't mention the company name, but it was a, a blue chip company household name. And this guy is the technical director or director of a particular group. And he pulls a few, a uh, couple of guys into the boardroom. And he's got, you know, the whiteboard up there and process flow diagrams. And he's like, you know, go and grab, uh, you know, the database guys. So the database guy comes in and all of a sudden, for the price of a few beers, you know, I've got this sort of uh, group of uh, very highly skilled and uh, experienced tech guys explaining how they can make my idea work. You know mm. how, how it could uh, how it could be put together. That was it. You know, it was it was seeing FaceTime for the first time. It was realizing that Apple. Um, had a fantastic video streaming platform that was only going to mm-hmm. get better. That I sure. knew that you know, you know, that's only get better, right? Just, they're mm-hmm. going to continue investing in it. Um, so it's always going to be the best on the market. And uh, if it was possible to piggyback onto that, this was a potentially um, feasible business opportunity. Sure. So with no background in the industry, no name or established brand, how did you go about recruiting models? At that time, Twitter was was a different place. And um, there, there were two things, really. There was Twitter and there was bribery. Hmm. Um, because, first of all, the iPad 2 had only just come out and I had a, a friend of mine who happened to work for Apple uh, not on the retail side, but he worked for Apple. And mm-hmm. the iPad 2 is just about to be released. And this was at the time when you'd get queues of uh, people outside the store, you know, sure. really excited about. They still do. Uh, do they Do they still <laughs> well, do that? Yeah. Wow. Okay. 
um yeah i'm surprised because the innovation seems to have slowed a little bit you know i, I don't uh still got your apple fanboys i i'm i hate to say it but i'm kind of one too so you're not in a tent the night before though are you oh hell no <laughs> i'm not nuts but i have but i have been in a line before let's put it that way Okay, okay. You're running out of the store, you know, brandishing your new your new purchase. No, and, and I just rem- I just remember when the iPhone 12 came out, I I had to stand in line to pay them. That's the only line I've stood in, which kind of bugged me. But anyway, go ahead. I spoke to my friend at Apple. I said, "Look, I need to get hold of um, these iPad, you know, iPad twos. How am I going to?" can you get me one on the day? You know, well, I need a bit more than one. He's like, well, how many do you need? I said, well, kind of 10. (laughs) And he said, you know, that they're going to sell out just on the day. He said, but if you're a business customer of Apple's, you just register as a business with Apple, then you can pre-order. Right. Yeah. You can pre-order your, uh, your devices, unlimited number registered with, Apple as a business, place the order. I should mention at this point that the funding for the project sort of was partly due to my wife's belief in the product, in the idea, because obviously, um, you know, uh, 10 iPads are not cheap. Sure. Um, but yeah, she put those on her credit card. So we've got 10 iPads. So then it was a case of, okay, let's go on to Twitter and let's start talking to these girls and see if they'd be interested in joining our startup, not guaranteeing them huge amounts of business, mm-hmm. but they get a free iPad. Yeah. If they mm-hmm. stay with us for a, a certain amount of time you know i mean not you know you get one and run we we made sort of connections and made real life connections as well because obviously being in london we'd meet up with my wife tell the girls about the idea get a few of the girls together and it became like this nice sort of community of you know 10 girls um some of them some of which are still with us actually yeah hopefully not working with the same ipad but um (laughs) just because we had an adult business Mm -hmm. i wanted to treat it like any other business and recruitment sure was was part of that you know you certainly knew recruitment right i didn't see why it should be any different and all of the other web all of the other webcam sites seem to be register here to become a model now just because you own a webcam doesn't necessarily mean that you're a webcam model Right. I mean, I suppose in principle, uh, sorry, in, in yeah, in, in theory it does, but not really. I mean, right. you know, we were we were looking for published models when you know publishing was a thing, mm-hmm. um, and we had a a bit of a partnership with Loaded, and that mm-hmm. gave us a name to piggyback off. You know, Very so good. we had a partnership with this men's magazine, mm-hmm. and we did a deal with them where we do a shoot we provide the girls that's how we managed to get the talent but we're running a 24-hour operation sure now the notifications for the bookings 
um, are delivered via SMS. Mm-hmm. So these, I mean, these girls were fantastic. So they'd sleep with their phones in their bras. So to cover <laughs> the to, to cover the US market with their phone on vibrate, if they got a booking, because, you know, bookings were few and far between in the beginning, right? Um, then uh, they'd get an alert, quickly send a text message, oh, just give me a second, honey, as they wake up at four in the morning. And they'd, do, and they'd do a call. Um, cool. And it was thanks to them and their hard work, the business actually managed to, to take off because there were girls online, you know? Um, yeah. And sure. because I think we'd given, there was good faith there because obviously we trusted them with a 500 pound device, you know, yeah, yeah, and definitely. it was reciprocated. And, um, as I say, some of those, some of those girls are still with us now. Great. So in your experience, how have customer preferences changed during the last decade and how have you adjusted? If we go back further than a, uh, you know, even further than a decade, um, I can mm-hmm. only talk from my personal experience. We're, we're in, we're, we're there or thereabouts in terms of generation. So mm-hmm. you'll you'll get what I'm talking about. But we had a sure. a newspaper in the UK called the Sun, mm-hmm. and we also had one called the Daily Star, like right. a tab, you know, like a red top tabloid newspaper. Big time, yeah. And at the time. Uh, before everybody got so bloody serious, used to have page three girls. My friend's dad was a reader of um, uh, was a reader of the Daily Star. Mm-hmm. So I'd nip over to my friend's house just to leaf through the back editions of page seven. Um, and, uh, you know, that was, that was our kind of pornography of, of the time. <laughs> then obviously, as you get a bit older, it escalated to magazines. Yeah. Right. Um, and then to VHS and there was mm-hmm. a nice sort of, you know, storyline, you know, the postman turns up and, you know, <laughs> the, the, the housewife bends over and yeah, it's just very, very corny now when you look when you look back. But at the time, you know, it was you'd sit there and watch it. You know, hasn't changed that much. What's going to happen next? But hasn't it? Because I mean, I, I'm porn not ha- porn hasn't. I mean, yeah. I, there's still there's still a lot of the pizza guy and the and the pool oh, guy. Okay. And I oh, always okay. I always joke when our pool guy gets here. I said, here's the uh, the most famous <laughs> porn actor in the world. I was under the misapprehension that. Porn had changed from those sort of storylines very much in the same way as, you know, TikTok and YouTube shorts to just being, you know, somewhat, yeah, somewhat, but somewhat, but not completely. Okay. Okay. So in terms of how consumer tastes have developed, I think, mm-hmm. you know, people have seems to have done a little bit of a 180 because, you know, People wanted more and more and more and more, but then decided mm-hmm. maybe got to a point where they realized that, you know, gynecology wasn't for them. And, and actually they preferred <laughs> something a little, a little more that had a little of, you know, the illusion of romance or some sexual attraction 
you could be the postman type, you know, or the pool guy, Bruce's Bruce's pool guy. Um, you know, one can only dream, right? But <laughs> in order to compete, the porn industry seems to be releasing more and more and more graphic and misogynistic sort of, you know, porn. True. And I think tastes have now shifted away from that a little bit because yep. in the lot, Me Too era, sure. Yeah, that that also. I think that guys now want to feel that there is a connection between them and the performer. And mm -hmm. whilst I felt there was a connection between myself and, you know, a black and white photo of Samantha Fox, famous mm. page three girl, um, you know, for 30 or 40 years ago, I, yeah. I, wasn't, I wasn't seven. And it's not <laughs> that. You sure? <laughs> Maybe. They felt a connection between them and the, and the performer. I guess that's, you know, your, your POV type thing and why that's mm -hmm. We want our customers to feel a connection with the performer. You yeah. know, a lot of webcam that some of them may make is that they think that, you know, the guys are only interested in seeing their bits. You know, mm -hmm. that, that that's it. Another British term I'm going to steal, they're bits. <laughs> and they're naughty bits. Um, yeah, they're naughty bits. Got so, it. Yeah, so to, in order, you know, to to get that sort of dopamine dump, you know, like mm -hmm. that first kiss. If you meet somebody for the first time, you go on a first date, you know, the exciting bit is not necessarily the the sex, right? Mm -hmm. it, it's the anticipation. It's the lead up to the sex. Sure. It's the yep. you know you know sharing. Uh, I think I re I think I remember. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while for me as well. You know, yep. I've been married a long time, but um, I saw you, you sent me a, sent me a picture of you and your lovely wife, and uh, yes, I can understand. Yeah, not not for any uh, untoward reasons, though. That's not my scene. No, she was clothed. <laughs> the excitement is the lead up. You know, is she, isn't she? That you know, the kiss. Um, you know, yeah, it's like like a, like a virtual like a virtual girlfriend. Right. That is exactly what we wanted to create, emulate. You know, right. is not okay. Um, you know, I need to see a vagina. It's <laughs> I've had a shitty day. You know, my friends are all out with their uh, girlfriends or whatever. Right. You know, I want to get home from work. I want to pour myself a glass of wine and I'm going to see who's available on uh, saucy time. Or, or I know or I'm going to, or I'm going to talk to Stacy because that's, that's the one that I like. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If I know yep. that she Stacy's available, I'm going to talk to Stacy. Yeah, we're going to have a chat, and, it, and yes. it may not even result in. And this is again one of the things that I that surprised me. I think was that a lot of the time it is just that it's yeah, just yeah. it's just a conversation. It's not necessarily leading to the guy to the guy jerking off. I I get it. No. So yeah. uh, from what I understand, you operate a flat rate for all models. Now, does this not include? Uh, performers that operate at a higher rate? The value that a performer puts upon themselves is 
really sort of based upon what people are prepared to pay. Sure. Now, a lot of these models have been on TV, they've been in magazines, and they have hardcore fans. And those hardcore fans are prepared to pay $10, you know, the the whole sort of, you know, cash cow type uh, movement. Um, That's why it exists. It's because, you know, these guys get, uh, yeah, these guys get sort of semi-obsessed with with these models. But I'm sorry, that doesn't mean that that's what Joe Bloggs, who's never heard of you, is going to be prepared to pay this is true to to listen to you speak you know Mm -hmm. you are not you're not warren buffett you know it's like and i quite quite frankly i wouldn't want to see him naked to be honest with you (laughs) if he was paying me i'd do it it would have to be a lot (laughs) (laughs) no i'd undercut your rate i'd undercut your rate no problem at all watching warren buffett get uh get naked uh, but no, I mean, there is, um, you know, this is somebody whose time is really valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he has his right, very same as motivational speakers, although I'm not a big fan of that industry. But, you know, <laughs> celebra- celebrities, let's say, right, for instance. Right. So that's a great example. So celebrities, just one big brother. Yeah. Market value, you know, market rate per hour mm-hmm. is X, you know. Mm-hmm. thousand pounds you know big rider um thousand pounds an hour you know big rider big name blah 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 um same as the influencers you know they all have their value but when it comes to camming mm-hmm. if th- there aren't really any sort of household cam girl names really you know it's uh it's a yeah. very very large there, you've industry. got your you got your more successful ones but you're probably right yeah, of course, but it's not like you know your Jenna Jameson, uh, you know, of the webcam industry. Yeah, um, agreed. So, what what I tell you know what I tell these girls is, look, when we explain our rate structure to them, I mean, they get paid the. Um, do you think that we're providing a charitable service here? Are we spending, mm-hmm. you know, thousands of pounds on advertising and um marketing and driving new business to our site so we can pay you a hundred percent of the call value of course not right you know it's mm. a, a business and we have costs that we yes. need to meet how many of these five pound per minute bookings do you get in an hour oh well you know i'll get maybe yeah yeah maybe one an hour how long five mm. minutes something like that Sure. Okay. So in the hour, you're basically being paid $25. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Right. Okay. How about you work the full hour and you got paid £60, £70, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's how we tackle that. Is mm, okay. Interesting. It's the, you know, it's the elasticity, I suppose. So people, so people book the models by the hour? Not, not, some do. Some mm. do but mostly by the minute. The pattern normally is when we bring a new model into the site, she'll, the people that haven't been with us for a while will book the minimum amount of time possible, which is 10 pounds. Yeah. So for that 10 pounds, they'll get a five minute 
a five minute call mm. and then they'll because they want to make sure that this isn't a photo that was taken in 1986 right <laughs> um imagine that know, yeah like that ever happens it's like dating profiles right mm, um, exactly so they want to make sure that this this is the same person this is the right person and also that they're going to get along most of our girls are english well they're all english speaking mm. uh native english speakers or, or fluent english speakers but you know there are other sites that employ girls uh from different areas and perhaps mm -hmm. you know the humor isn't the same they don't have the same common interests don't watch the same soap operas you know mm. don't listen to the same music that sort of thing so five minutes is enough you know for, <laughs> for them for Got them it. you know you understand you want, yeah uh yeah okay <laughs> thank, thank you for your time um <laughs> with our girls they will book longer calls but they also sort of sometimes overestimate their uh staying power as it sure so sure they'll, they'll book a 20 minute call and yeah, maybe it won't last the full twenty minutes because somebody's sure. had a somebody's had a had a whoopsie. There's another English yeah. term, <laughs> in, another English term for you. Somebody's had a, a little uh, little slip. You don't offer tipping. Is there a reason for that? Yes, because and and again, it goes back to the human connection. You know, it's like being in on Harvey Nick's fifth floor and realizing that the girl that you've been talking to for the last hour that's mm -hmm. shown that's laughed at all your jokes and is stunning likes nice things and maybe wants a present you know um mm -hmm. and then you realize it all becomes about money and then it well, spoils and then it spoils it all right mm, and and good yes point. But that is what it's all about to the models. Well, it is and it isn't because they want to enjoy their job. Yeah, I agree. You know, and it's like they're not they're not performing animals at a circus. You know, mm -hmm, true. These are uh, like anybody. You know, if you got a shitty boss, or you got shitty coworkers, or shitty customers. You're not going to enjoy what you do. Sure. Um, but if you're in an environment where the customers are, are, are nice to you. Um, they're interested in you. In reverse, you know, that mutual sort of respect and interested, if that's reciprocated, and again, you know, it comes back to the personality of the performer. You know, they need to be engaging. Um, and it's not about, you know, you've got to be engaging because we've got to bleed this customer dry. doesn't matter if it's a five-minute call. As long as it's the best five minutes of that guy's day, we've done our job. You know? Oh, sure. And if she's good at her job, then he's going to divert some of his disposable income away from, uh, you know, video games or, <laughs> um, you know, going to the pub um, into spending a little bit of time with her. Sure, he understands that she's being paid for it. But unlike unlike Skype, which is very much, you know, talking to granny and granddad in Australia, <laughs> that's not very sexy. 
for me, <laughs> you know, for me, uh, you know, being at the family PC and trying to position the wobbly webcam and, you know, dropping your trousers and uh, it's like the old joke, uh, what's the most sensitive part of your body when you're masturbating? Your ears. Being at the, the sort of family PC where you pay your bills and then, you know, streaming into a live chat and all this sort of, it's not, that's not a very personal thing. Mm-hmm. But when was the last time you used FaceTime for business? When was the last time you used FaceTime for anything other than talking to people that you want to talk to? It's your phone. Sure. It's locked away. There's no web history. You know, there's nothing to disguise. People don't share their phones. Yeah, and the, the girls are encouraged and, and will send a text message um, on a Thursday afternoon mm. and say, uh, you know, hey, uh, you know, hey, Billy, did you get the promotion you were talking about? You told me about last mm-hmm. week. Something right. like that. Yeah? yeah. Okay. Part of that is a sales call, but part of that is a sales pitch, I suppose. But mm. part of it is also... You know, you remembered that this guy had a promotion and you probably wanted him to get it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, exactly. And, and that's sure. the, that's the it, disconnect. It makes, them, it makes them at least feel that they care. But, yeah, I mean, you, you say feel that they care, but I do think that they, they in, in some cases, and it, it varies from girl to girl, and it's probably the reason why we only have a hundred girls and not a thousand girls mm-hmm. is because the girls that we have, we've chosen very, very carefully. Yes. Um, we've taken time to make sure that, you know, they're not, you know, these man hating, you know, you're my cash pig. <laughs> I want to do an, I want to do an ATM meet, you know, yeah. sort of daddy issues type, uh, you know, type background are not just in it for the money because right. that's not, you know, that, that's not what it's about. Give the guy a, a few extra minutes, you know, mm-hmm. sure. when, that, when the five minutes is up, don't end the call. Don't hang up on him. Right. You know, tell him he's running out of time. Um, yeah. Maybe he'll stick another few minutes on. Maybe yes. he needs another couple of minutes. Give him another couple of minutes. You know, it's no skin yeah. off your nose. He'll come back to you. It will pay off. You know. It's nice to see. It's nice to see a company have that attitude because I I know that your competitors don't. What do you think makes for a successful cam model? Well, I think that depends upon the platform. For the big sites, obviously, it's going to mm-hmm. be yeah, big social media presence you know, endorsements, uh, marketing, expos, you know, that, that, that's, I suppose, mm-hmm. on that level, how you would determine success, you know, being right. very, very sort of very visible, very profitable. What makes a good one? It's really simple. I'm sure you're familiar with the term, although again, it's another uh, English term, banter. What is it? Banter. Oh, yeah, no, that, that's actually used in the U.S. too. That's good. Uh, yeah, you, you got there a bit late then. We've been, <laughs> we've, been saying, we've been saying it longer than you. We invented it. You've been saying everything longer than us. That's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, but, I, but I often joke that 
I talk to someone from the UK, I say, speak English. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and, uh, and I, I also I also think personality. I mean, if you want my opinion, I think it's personality, which goes along with banter. Exactly right. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. that is, yeah. Uh, you know, banter encapsulates a, quite a broad mm-hmm. range of characteristics. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not about necessarily being the most quick-witted. Yeah, banter as in, yeah, I mean, like a good salesperson, Mm -hmm. you know, has to not be, and I think there are differences between American salespeople and British salespeople. Oh, sure. The the American model I prefer because they're like, right, let's get down to business. What's the bottom line? They want to do business, you know, they want to, well, you done. know what? I kind of, I kind of disagree with that because as that someone, right? as someone who sold radio advertising for 21 years, and I've really always been in sales. You're in sales when you have your own company. I've always believed in establishing relationships with the people, and I think if you establish rapport, banter, if you will, and relationships with the people that you are dealing with then, you know, it makes you better, okay? And it it makes the people, just like you talk about with the models, it makes people realize that you care. And I do care. You know, I always have, and I've never looked at somebody as just a dollar sign. I look at them as someone that I can help in some way. And I try to help people in my current business, an adult site broker, even if we don't end up doing business if I see something on their site that I think needs help, I'll make a comment or I'll suggest something. And well, that also leads into our general consulting company if they need that much help. But at the same time, it's all about helping. And if you're helping, then you're going to do business. Well, ask me how many podcasts I've been. I know you said this is your first one. One, right? Yours. Yes. How many people do I know that sell uh, or broker adult website sales? I don't know. Probably me. Just you. Yes. Why Why is that? I'm not looking to sell my website. Yet. (laughs) This, oh my God, this is the long sell, isn't it? Of course, of course it is. Come on, man. What do you think? I what do you think I do this podcast? It's it's a promotional vehicle. It's not. It's a scam. You're gonna just put. I bet bet you're not even recording this. It's just going in the bin. You're just gonna try. (laughs) (laughs) You're funny. Go ahead. It's the the long con. It's the long con. I've fallen for it. Whatever, whatever you say. (laughs) Yeah, do you remember you were on my? uh, We'll do a. You'll be. Two weeks later, you're going to call me up and you're going to say, hey, you know what? That, you did fantastic on uh, the podcast. We were number one on the Apple charts, but yeah, you can't right. see it because you can't see it because uh, it's, you know, adult. So, but I've got the figures and let's do a follow up. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. And then the next thing you know, uh, you're going to come in, you're going to come in hard. Once you got my, once you got my complete trust, I never. Yeah, I never come. I'm sure. I never come in hard except in in the bedroom. So, 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 Chris, what do you feel are the biggest challenges faced by the cam industry today? Probably going to be 
deep fakes, maybe. I mean, we're talking long term there. Sure. Um, you know, deep fakes, the sort of, you know, avatars. I mean, I don't think you can ever, Mark Zuckerberg would mm. uh, lead us to believe that, you know, we can uh, recreate human relationships by having these, you know, smiley, happy, dancey. Well, he's avatars. a bot. Well, yeah, he's, a bo- a, he's a bot, so he's a good uh, example. He's a, he's a robot. Uh, yeah he's a strange guy it's weird that his avatar does look like him though it's like they created the avatar before they created him they did (laughs) technology will never replace the human to human contact without the interference of i wouldn't say interference or enhancement of technology Mm -hmm. um so yeah potentially sort of deep fakes why talk to jenna from uh essex mm-hmm. when you can design your perfect image of mm. uh of a, of a woman yeah. you know or a man or whatever and that's that's something that i'd like to come on to actually before uh yeah, before we finish speaking, I know that there's one thing that I, I really want to get across to you, um, mm-hmm. but I'll come to that. Okay. Um, so, you you know, you've got deep fakes, you've got AI, you've got all of these technologies mm-hmm. that, that, that are available, um, and I think they could potentially pose a threat to the webcam industry. As I said, you mm-hmm. know, if you can if you can create there's an eighties video. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but where they, uh, they did actually manage to create the perfect woman. Do you, hmm. do you remember the name of the film? No, no, no. Yeah. It was, this is the 1980s. It was a little mm. ahead of its time, but they created on their uh, computer. Not ahead of my time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was ahead of its time ah. because they, they were using a computer in the eighties to design an AI, mo- an, ah. uh, an AI model, which was, uh, yeah, which was pretty remarkable hmm. foresight or, or luck. You've got this photo realistic, image mm-hmm. and because it's an ai it's gonna know that you got you know your promotion uh, was on thursday mm-hmm. it's gonna know when your birthday is mm-hmm. you know you're gonna get text messages saying hey it's candy i'm sending you a boob shot or something like this and this could all be done by computers yeah doesn't require any human interaction this is true. Um, so that would be my biggest fear. We start. We we looked at VR. Mm-hmm. Um, we sort of touched. You mentioned that in the introduction, mm-hmm. um, and we actually created a streaming platform for VR. Mm. You know? um, and it worked. Yeah. But despite what we believed nobody was interested they weren't interested they would rather use their phone and have a facetime call than be able to get a 180 degree and we spent time you know just getting the the aspect ratio correct who wasn't who wasn't interested the model or the user the users they're they're just Hmm. they just didn't either we didn't know how to reach them 
and I'm sure they're out there. I'm sure there are lots of guys with VR, but VR didn't really take off as I thought it would. You know, I mean, when I first not yet, you're right. Experience it's been slow. When I first experienced VR, I was just like, nobody's going to buy a PlayStation again. You know, computer (laughs) computer uh, software. Right. Or rather game development for PC. Mm-hmm. You, may as, you may as well fire everyone and get them trained up on um, 3D modeling and yeah. virtual reality and these sorts of tools because this is madness. You know, like I'm in the game. This is great. Yeah. Right. And I, I still don't get it. I still don't get why people, I mean, you know, you've also got Facebook behind it which is one of the biggest companies in the world and they can't give the stuff away. Like nobody's. Yeah. I think it has a lot to do with the hardware and how clunky it is. And quite frankly, I don't like having to wear that headset to, to take in content. I, I bought one and, uh, which I, one did you get? Oculus? Yeah. The Oculus. I bought the Oculus and I've, I've only used it a couple times. Uh, I, I just got to tell you, it just, doesn't feel natural and i think a lot of people are the same way and they just haven't gotten enough hardware t- into people's hands to get critical mass and i think that's the biggest problem with uh, vr so far sorry when you say they haven't got enough hardware are you talking about processing power or are you no, talking no. about no i'm talking about the i'm talking about the headsets there's just not enough in people's hands yet and if you compare that to how many people who have, have phones, it isn't even close. So to make something totally VR doesn't make sense because there's just not, to me, there's not enough of a market for it. Now, some pay sites have done well with VR. Some yes. are doing extremely well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I don't know if the same would, would um, carry over for cams. It's really difficult to tell. And you, like you said, your experience hasn't been the best. So, the reason we didn't push it out as aggressively as we would have liked to is because the actual camera hardware, um, the webcams weren't up to scratch. You know, okay. you've got yeah. you've got problems when you're shooting uh, VR mm-hmm. video, mm-hmm. right? Um, so they're either ridiculously expensive, you know, six thousand yeah, dollars. That's the other side of it. You've got to get those in the hands of all the models, and it exactly. becomes cost prohibitive because exactly. because of the very tight profit margins. Exactly for cams. Exactly. So that that makes it even harder than the pay site. So. I think it's going to be a long time before it's there and the hardware costs are going to have to come way down on both ends. And it's just, I don't know. I don't see it anytime soon. So what did you say the other challenge was? Also OnlyFans as well. Mm, of course. OnlyFans, I think. Um, and this is another thing that I don't get. You know, I don't, I suppose, you know, we all base our opinions on our our own sort of, you know, judgment calls, but mm-hmm. just in the same way that, you know, if somebody told me three years ago that a company was going to come along and they were basically going to charge customers to access videos mm-hmm. of models mm-hmm. um, and they were going to pay a subscription for that mm-hmm. and 
a decent number of these girls were going to become millionaires yeah. within a day. Mm. Uh, I just wouldn't have believed it, particularly yep. as, yeah, I was just amazed at the number of, uh, yeah, I suppose the number of people that would be prepared to pay to, yeah, to see pictures, which, you know, they could, yep. also, they could find similar pictures on the internet, but they pay a, a sort of, subscription and i'm just it, to be honest it, Bruce, i'm just really jealous that it wasn't my idea <laughs> well tell uh, me about it i i think there's many people that feel that way <laughs> yeah, the, the bottom the bottom line on it is there's there's absolutely no end to what a virtual girlfriend will bring about uh, to a man and that's mm. what only that's the power of only fans and all the similar sites so, Chris, I'd once again like to thank you for being our guest today on Adult Site Broker Talk. It's and I hope we'll get a chance to do this again soon. Yeah, it's been a pleasure talking to you, Bruce. Uh, a really interesting uh, chat. Pleasure is all mine. My broker tip today is part seven of what to do to make your site more valuable for when you decide to sell it later. Last week, we talked about trademarking your site and ways to make it unique. Next, when you decide to sell your website, make sure you have the following information available for potential buyers. Detailed information about your company, your website, and any other aspects of your operation that the potential buyers may want to find out about. This should include, for a pay site, a detailed inventory of your content, number of images, and number of videos. How much of it is exclusive and how much is non-exclusive? Financial information for at least the last three years if your company is that old. This should include sales reports, profit and loss statements, and billing reports. Get all the information organized in a legible format that a good broker can use to sell your property. If you decide to sell it yourself, organize a list of potential buyers and start the process of contacting them. Be realistic about what your company is worth. In today's market, the kiss of death is overpricing your property. Is there anything that a potential buyer needs to know, such as, are you being sued? Do you have any substantial debts, etc.? Don't let these things be a surprise to the potential buyer. They'll either find out before the sale and not buy, or they'll find out after the sale and you'll have another lawsuit on your hands. Disclose everything. We'll talk about this subject more next week. And next week, we'll be speaking with performer Christina Castilla. And that's it for this week's Adult Site Broker Talk. I'd once again like to thank my guest, Chris from Saucy Time. Talk to you again next week on Adult Site Broker Talk. I'm Bruce Friedman. <laughs>